and welcome. I'm Dave. Uh, and I'm Si. Oh, we ain't the hairy bikers today. We're the agony uncles. Yes, uncles that are in agony. Yes. Yes. That's us. Yes, well, hello. So you'd be? Who would you be? I'd be Uncle, uh, I'd be uncle uh, Agony Si. And you'd be... Uh, I'll be Uncle Dave. That took some time in coming out, didn't it? It did, didn't it? I, yeah, no, I'm a bit off the boil. Oh, they got new teeth breaking them in for a horse, I expect. Hello and welcome. Uh, thanks so much uh, for all your emails and messages on social media and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's been, honestly, we love hearing from you because actually some of you are incredibly warped, but hilarious. More warped than I ever thought you could be. But never mind, that's just the way it is. More warped than a rubber dinghy. Yeah. <laughs> than a record left in the sun. Hey. Yes, yeah, so the Agony Uncles team today posing the problems, as always, is the one, the only, the white, slick, slim, sumptuous duke of dukeness. <laughs> it is Mark... The gorgeous Jeeves. Oh, thank you. Say hello, Jeevesy. Hello, Jeevesy. Uh, do you think? Don't you think that I've been out in the sun? Can't you see a little change? Am I still pale? Am I still that sort of paley, sort of whitey, sort of thing? I mean, no, no, you are. Yeah, no, yeah, you are. Yeah. You oh are. God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, no. No. You're like a leak standing there in the sunshine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I think that's a compliment. In today's show, some fine problems, including, especially for Sai, a double dose. Of confidential corner. Why is what? It the king? He always gets off on the really yeah. terrible ones. I do what? You do? Well, yeah, yeah, no, I you do. do. Yeah. But, but amidst all this dross, this morass, there is a little bit of class in this show. Oh yes, and the sort of advice only many could give. It's posh tash. Oh, I'm here. How are you all? Oh, <laughs> better by the minute, darling. Yes. Better by the minute. Old spanker. There she is. <laughs> no. I said nanny. Oh, did you? Sorry. Oh, I got that wrong. She's headphones. I told you that in privacy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, when he's bad, he's very good, you know. Oh, yeah. When he's very oh, good, this... he's very bad. Mm. Actually, you know what? You did tell me in privacy. I've never looked at a rubber glove the same. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've had to change the look of me validas, you know. Loves only have long velvet ones that go up to the arm. Oh, don't, Tash, don't. <laughs> Honestly. No, enough. Stop. Stop now. Stop. Right, let's get on with the show with our um, all of our first hairy helpings of problems. Uh, Dave, play that jingle, dude. Bing-a-dee-bing-bang-bong. Off we go. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best Well, in today's packed edition of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash You will be casting your caring and sharing brain on these problems We have food on a budget We have a noisy git Oh we have the return of the mother-in-law from hell. And in a special double helping of Confidential Corner, especially for Sai and actually Posh Tash, who also likes this kind of thing, feeling cheated, and we need help for Mr. Floppy. But first, we're going to start with food. Calm it, Sai. We're going to start with food on a budget. And this goes like this. Hi there, Uncle Sai and Uncle Dave. It comes from Kerry. I'm really excited as I've just got an unconditional university place. I'm going at the end of September. My dad is very supportive, but doesn't have a lot of money. So mm. I'll be living off my student finance and I'll try and get a part-time job. But I know that money will be tight. I'd like to eat well, though, so I'd love your advice on the foods that I should make sure I have in my cupboard so that I can get the best value for money without well, eating Kerry. badly. 
pasta sauces. Uh, I, I often think one of the most inspiring, like poverty-based food cultures were the Cucina Povera in Italy. It was like culinary homeopathy. They would create a dish out of nothing that was just exceptionally good. Um, you know, think Italian. Italians have been eating poor, but on that, you know, it, it makes, you go to a fine restaurant, you pay an awful lot for, for poor Italian food and it's done well. But actually, with a bit of practice, you can do it at home. I'd go Italiano. Well, for me, I'd go, depending where, where you're going to study, always go to um, sort of areas where where there's an Asian culture because Asian supermarkets are ridiculously cheap and that fantastic. The products are great, pulses, everything. So try not to shop in supermarkets because you'll see it. You'll see your, uh, your your money disappear pretty quickly. Asian supermarkets, all of those um, areas of uh, of, uh, of culture that all cities have are always great places for food. Uh, oh, I... Loads of pulses, great value for money, garlic's cheap, loads of interesting veggies that you learn how to cook, and it'll keep your interest in eating batch cook as well because normally you have to buy stuff in quite big big quantities. So and I, can, I can give away one of your address book secrets, Kingy. <laughs> yes. If you're a Newcastle student... Get your backside down to Brighton Grove. Oh, that's the best. Go and see Uncle. You'll have to have a cup of tea with a family, like, because that's just how it is. But you go down and see Uncle. You walk up, you walk in with a bag full of questions and then come out with bags full of answers. That just I, I remember you came round to my house once with a bag full of samosas from him. Oh, my <gasps> God. Um, they, they were a culinary oh. masterpiece. Oh, they're just the best, aren't they? Uh, oh, God, they're so good. Sounds great. What about meal planning? I'm... What if, do you think a student hasn't got the ability to meal plan? But if you think about it, it's just about meal planning. And then you buy right, you buy on the budget, you don't waste food. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How unimpressed are you two on that one? I thought that'd be a well, brilliant idea. No. Thanks for that one. Yeah, if I want to go extreme, I, I, I mean, don't want to put you out of business. Oh, you can buy all those meal boxes now. You know when they give you the companies that send meal you Meal boxes? Oh, they're really expensive. expensive. You don't want to spend your money on meal boxes. You want to spend your money on getting drunk, getting laid, and getting stoned. Oh, and then you. And See, that's, look, that's why you're Tash, a student. Tash, we're looking at the fine balance between the pot noodle and eating reasonably <laughs> cheaply, you know? True, true. Um, meal boxes. Go. Also, as well, is, you know, if you like food and, you, and you've got this far thinking about what you're eating, then, of course, you're a student, you have access to the internet. But without buying cookbooks, there are loads and loads of recipes, including ours. Do you yeah. remember that time they said to us at the BBC, <laughs> can you do us a programme on, like, cheap economical eating, yeah. you know, and you using, like, leftovers? And, and, I, and I remember saying to the control BBC too, oh, no, we're not going to be those two fellas rooting around and making something out of a dustbin in Soho. And, and she went, oh, we've just done that with Angela Hartnett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so that's what we... So we did a series called Everyday Gourmet, didn't we? Whereby yeah. you could eat, like like Michelin star food for next to now kind of work to a point really but I think the thing as well is being a student the food has to be quick it has to be yeah. interesting and surely their kitchen facilities are really poor I mean if you're in a halls of residence you, you know what, 20 of you are sharing this tiny kitchen so they really haven't got other things I mean it's a microwave isn't it they, they all rely no. on a microwave at the end of their bedroom honestly trust me Tash Newcastle city centre has been taken over Honest to God, they're like five-star hotels. Oh, are they? Okay, it's maybe, unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, but, just, the, but they charge accordingly. They do, Dave. And, and, all, and all through my lot at uni, you know, yes, it is there. But if you kind of, like, you know, got a thousand quid a month, 
yeah. 1,200 quid a month to spend your accommodation. You've got it. But otherwise, now you're down there. But again, I think think Italian. You always said, Kingy, people talk about fast food. There's nothing faster than a pesto or, or a cabanara. It's very true, um, mate. All right, not live on pasta all the time, but then with the risottos, the salads. I, you know, I just think Italians most Thai food as well. That's good. If you go to the Asian grocer, you have a wok. And remember for space, you know, it's about space, Tash. There yeah. was a, we were in Hong Kong. I remember thinking, and we were at that, that grandma's house in Hong Kong on like the 15th <laughs> floor. She had one gas ring, a wok and a chopper. And she produced a banquet uh, with a wok. You can braise, you can fry, you can roast. And with your chopper, you know, it's all there. You can smash it. I, I lived in Asia and I lived in Singapore mm. for quite a while. And I swear, honestly, once you've got a rice cooker or just cook your bowl of rice, but that's they live on a wok and a rice cooker, all of them. And it's incredible what comes out. And I would I would live on that if I was a student now. Yeah, and then we went to Raffles for tea. And then and then what <laughs> happened? We were actually part of the uh, Singapore Yacht Club and Cricket Club and Lawn Tennis. Yeah, now again, okay. we, we go, we go down... We go now to the hawkers market. Now yes. the delightful oyster omelets. And we've had those as well. Lock oh. it down, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you deserved that. Just see. All I can say as a final word is, in the subject of economical eating, there are many ways to skin a cat. Not that we're advocating eating Cat's cats. <laughs> Food makes everything better. Well. <laughs> It's time to move on to problem number two, and this is called Noisy Git, and I need one female name and one yes. male name. So can I have a oh. female and a male name, please? Florence. Okay, thank you. Uh, Uncle Dave? Ron. Ah, Florence and Ron. <laughs> ah, yes, that's a classic sitcom couple. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, says Florence, I'm hoping to have some wisdom that you can impart. I love my partner very much. We've been together for over 17 years. He is kind, supportive, and a great life partner. I cannot imagine spending my life with anyone else. Until tea time comes around, that is. And then I could kill him. Because I can hear him chewing. I've managed to manoeuvre us into eating in front of the telly, partly so that there's something to drown out the noise, and partly so that I can sit a bit further away. It's not working. I've considered earplugs, but he'll notice because I have short hair. I don't have the heart to tell him that his slurping and chomping is inducing homicidal thoughts in his one true love. It would break him. Is it him or is it me? It's a relatively new development in a long-term relationship. Has he forgotten how to eat or has my hearing become hypersensitive? Many thanks. Florence in North Yorkshire. Over to you. I could have written that. Yeah. Look... He might have something to do with his nose, you see. It might be a bit blocked. So he might have polyps. Because no, it's when he's eating, isn't it? Yeah, well, if you think about it, when you're eating, you do that. You make noise when you're eating. I do not. You, Steve, you do. There's no excuse for eating with your mouth open. No, there there's isn't no at all. No, there's none. But what I'm saying is, if you can't breathe, there's none. But I'm just saying, if it's a new development, which is what Flo was saying about Ron, oh. then if he, he might have something wrong with his nose because he's not, he can't breathe. Why he's got a gob full of steak, can he? Well, very See what I'm saying? Side. It might very be just fine. that. Otherwise, he's been dragged up and he needs a slap. <laughs> How dare you, Simon, suggest that I, I eat with my mouth open. Sometimes eating with you, it's like watching a tree frog catch flies. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you are a noisy eater, bro. I, I'm not I mean, a noisy I'm eater. Not, I'm not, I, you know, I'm just saying. So there's something that drives me mad, is that... So there's eating with your mouth open, bad manners, you know, food yeah, that's out. I don't want to see any of that. And then there's somebody that really 
masticates really, really, really <laughs> chews with their mouth shut. And I just think it's disgusting. And I, and I can't bear it. I'm, I'm awful about it. And I think my mum brought me up like it, actually, because my sister is as bad as I am. We hate noisy eating. What's wrong, mas- what's wrong masticating got to do with his dinner and his noisy habits? <laughs> oh, that wasn't Ron- mentioned in the problem. Ron was a mad masticator. No wonder she's moved him on the telly to keep his concentration. And oh, focus. Oh. Not only is he slurping his noodles, he's knocking one out. I want to put him. Oh, God. Oh, God. News at six. Here's Ron masticating till his eyes are red. Oh, God. No, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It might just be that. Tell him. It might be his teeth. He's got loose teeth. Yeah, could be that. You know, know, if if he's got, like, dentures. My dad used to have these Baker-like dentures. And I tell you what, it was funny once. It wasn't that funny, really. They used to love crackling. But they, they, they were made from Bakelite. They were like wartime ones. And they're hilarious. One minute he's crunching away. Next minute, they exploded like car windscreens, shattered. And there's just this massive pork fat and like Bakelite on the plate. And um, I always remember it, it took him six weeks to get his new gnashes. And I used to sit there, a little boy, eating crisps in front of him till he slapped me. <laughs> no, only, only in a pretend sort of way. There was no parental violence involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Six oh, weeks. Listen, we were poor Tash. There yeah. was no bupa there, not in Barrow in Furnace. It was suck it up and have soup for six weeks while you waited. Or you used to can you remember Dave? Did your my mum always used to God God story still. Um but my mum for a top set, she always used to have like emergency repair kits. Oh no. <laughs> and, and it was and like so they should go, oh bugger. and and she'd go, I, I hate it. I hate it because it looks like your face has collapsed. When oh, you haven't God. got your feet. And it's true, they did. People did, didn't they? You know, you yeah. had to swore out. Yeah. Or yeah. uh, oh, if the teeth were steeping, they talked you like this, wouldn't they? Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember once when my mum was very elderly, but she had MS and she had to go into care. But they mixed the false teeth up, didn't they, for the patients? I went oh, in one afternoon um, to visit her, and there she was smiling. She was like, Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. No, what have you done with mother's teeth? I don't know. I'm looking at the other patients to see if anybody reminded me of my mother. <laughs> Excuse me. Can you imagine going, Excuse me. I, I think you've got my mum's teeth in. Uh, and I have them back. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just, just tell Ron that just to close his mouth when he's eating, it's pissing yeah. me off. Yeah. 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 I do think it's my problem more than somebody. If it's not messy eating, if, I do think it's my problem a bit. Because I kind of I can't really say, tell someone how to eat. That's just the way their jaw goes. If they're not spitting, it. so I do actually kind of bite my tongue and go, "That's my problem." So I back away. So I'm kind of thinking she needs to maybe shut up a bit, turn the TV up a bit louder, which is what I do. Uh, yeah, the thing is though, what's it like when you go out? You know, you kind of have somebody. You know, it, I think you're just... distracted by the music and the ambience. But whereas if you're at home and you're just in the kitchen and someone's having a conversation and it's all you can hear it, oh. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Right. Well, it's either tell him to shut his mouth or bin him. Oh, that's kind of extreme, mate. But yeah, a divorce then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably probably not good advice, really. You won't get that to relate, would you? <laughs> if you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncles are lying. So for problem number three, Uncle Sign, Uncle Dave, uh, I do need uh, a lady's name because this is the mother-in-law from hell number two. So we had one in the past, different mother-in-law, still in hell. Uh, but uh, to describe the story, I'll need a lady's name. So Uncle Dave, lady's name. Uh, Vera. 
Vera, this comes from Vera, who says, Hi, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. It's Vera here, all the way from Adelaide, South Australia. I've been a massive fan of you for many years with your Christmas specials and the Asian adventure, which actually encouraged my hubby and I to honeymoon in Hong Kong. Anyway, uncles, I have a problem. I've been with my other half for over 11 years now, seven of them married, and I still have an issue with his mother-in-law. Here's a bit of background. My husband is the baby of four siblings and was still living at home when we met and was still very much under his mum's thumb at that time. She made it pretty obvious that she didn't like me very early on because I'm very private. I don't give away much to people I've just met. As the years ticked by, she blamed me whenever my other half stood up for himself and her insults towards me. And every time he went against what she was telling him to do, she assumed I was telling him what to say, when in fact I was showing him that he no longer had to ask for her permission to do anything in his life, and it's his life to do as he wishes. But apparently, I'm a homewrecker, a family destroyer, and a wanton woman who's just after his money, and many other things have been said as well. Long story short, she still hates my guts after hubby uninvited him from our wedding and she's done everything she can to undermine me and her son when our daughter was born including making my first mother's day all about her my question is what do i do about her i'm sorry it's very tricky but i would love an outside view with much love vera who's in adelaide in australia over to you well it's really tricky isn't it i think maybe you know what it sounds like the husband is trying to stand by her as a wife because clearly he uninvited from the wedding to try and make a point and maybe... So he's trying, unlike our last mother-in-law, where he didn't have a backbone, he seems to be trying to stand by her. But they can, oh, I don't know, that's a tricky one. I mean, it's a little bit... You, you can't change it. You can't change your mother-in-law. It is who it is, isn't it? So When I first got together with Jean, I think mum's... I, I, I'm in a similar position. I was the youngest of... Uh, I was the youngest of three. And as Dave will uh, bear testament, my mother was a formidable woman who didn't mince her words. Now, the thing is that if you have a character and personality in your life like that, then there is there comes a point where you just have to say, right, look, it's not working for us. We, we rub each other the wrong way. Can we sit down as adults? I love your son. Your son loves me, but we all, but he also loves you as his man. So is there any way that we can just try and bring some sort of peace to what is a bit of a battlefield? Because it's not serving anybody. It's not helping anybody. It's not the atmosphere is always awful when we're around. And I, I don't want it. I know that you don't. So how do we proceed? And just be dead straight, because then there's no room for manoeuvre. There's nothing, you, there's, do, do you know what I mean? And that's what my now ex-wife did with, with me mum, and she said, look, you know, this is, and actually from that point, they got on so well. And it was well, about three years into the relationship, yeah. they were so close, weren't they, Yeah, Jane, really close, really Jane close. And but, but there again, the thing is, they were both independent-minded women, they yeah. are both, um, but they're also quite quite bright as well, and they mm. could see each other's point of view. Yeah, I think that that's the problem. If you get somebody who's bullheaded, it's it's really hard moving forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, I appreciate the, the, the husband. It, it, you know, it must be so hard for him trying to bridge the gap, um, and you know, it, it's. It's so difficult, isn't it, really? It is. It's because it's just like constant conflict that you don't want the kids about. You don't want to be about around it. It's just like 
and it's in it and it's always hurtful no matter what the wife wants to do he can't change that it is what it is you know and so i suppose mum thinks she's got the upper hand because he could change his wife but he doesn't want to so i'm in agreement with you Sai. someone's gonna have a conversation because mm. if he's this the same person they both love the same person they've got to have somewhere in there there's got to be something in common and it's got to be a clean slate conversation to say let's find our common ground and let's agree to have that relationship whatever that might look like but whatever we've got at the moment it ain't working no, it's like it's like if if Vera could take control, but in a very controlled sort of way. Do you know what I mean? Without not being emotive, you know, it needs somebody to to just take a step back and try and resolve the situation because it seems to be this endless tornado of, quite frankly, misery. Really, yeah, um, it's nowhere to live. And maybe it's not a conversation about you did that and at our wedding and no, last time you can't said... can't be that. Forget the past. Just start now. Go from here on in. How do we change and how do we get better? Because there's 11 years or whatever it was of horrific, obviously, insults and, and mudslinging. So now move on. Do you know what I think in a situation like this, because it is, it is very important, you know, obviously we're, we're taking it quite seriously, is, is maybe to get some professional counselling, advice or, or mediation on this and to be the one who introduces that it shows you being very proactive to provide a solution to the problem rather than letting things dwell. And by taking control of that and trying to offer a potential solution, it may help. And if you could both get round there and try and sort something out with a third party, that could be a professional third party, that could help. Yeah. And also it's not an atmosphere because I think that, uh, I, I think Vera has a, you know, have, have a daughter, so it's a granddaughter there as mm. well. And that's not healthy. You cannot bring kids yeah. up in that atmosphere because it's divisive. And yeah, that's not good. That's not good. You can't. You, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to actually make that that play, um, as we're all saying, and kind yeah, of. Yeah, and, and it sounds like you're missing out on a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got health and you've got a nice child and a life. You know, think of the fun you're missing that you could be having. I agree. Well, if you're down, hey, if you're down, down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, Just send an email to the agony uncle. To the agony uncle. Now it's time for problem number four, Confidential Corner, in a special double episode of Confidential Corner. So this is the first of our issues here, especially for Uncle Sai, who does like Confidential Corner. It's called Feeling Cheated, and I'll just read it to you. Dear Uncle Sai and Uncle Dave, I think I'm in trouble. I've changed the names myself, so you won't have to. I've been living with Mary for four years. The other day, I popped into her office with some flowers to surprise her, as she's been a bit down and a bit distant recently. I walked in, and she was photocopying with her back to me. So I walked up to her, and I kissed her on the neck. She giggled and said, Oh, Michael, not while we're at work. <laughs> the problem is, my name is Bernard. Oops. When she turned round, she looked shocked beyond belief. She works with someone called Michael. Home has been pretty silent since. I'm in trouble, aren't I? Bernard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a whoops. We've all done it, though, haven't we? We've all done it, you know. Especially if, you know, there's... You, you, you just forget, don't you? You kind of forget the dude. I mean, what? No, dude, you never, you kind of forget, man. It's like he's just rocked up with a bunch of flowers and she's got his name wrong. She doesn't even notice them. And he was like, oh, Michael, don't do it. It must happen regularly. I wonder if they've photocopied each other's parts. There was all that in the 80s, wasn't it? No, it's just because she, just because she says to photocopy doesn't mean she just have to get into these dirty, jolty habits. Sorry, I no, no, I mean, Kingy, you're the world's worst. I mean, I've, I've been named every one of your three sons, which I take as a great compliment. But, you know, my name's Dave. 
Not, not no. James Dillon or Alex. Oh, I think great that they're, you know, 30 years younger than me. But no, it's, it's it, you know, and I think as well as if you've been in relationships before, you know, you sometimes, you know, get confused. She was hoping for it to be Michael from Finance. And it wasn't. She thought it was Michael from Finance because Michael from Finance does this all the time. She wasn't expecting her other half to walk in behind. I mean, I wouldn't. No one expects their other half to walk into their workplace, do they? They're in an office. No, no. I suppose so. She, she, she might be really messed up. He's just rumbled something has been going on for months, probably. Yeah. I mean, he is in trouble, if you're honest. You're in trouble. Oh, he's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The worst thing I ever did was on my honeymoon, which is a bit early doors in the wedding and the marriage, I, we were on honeymoon in the um, Arctic Circle. And uh, he, we had to wear these matching outfits and we were going on a husky sled. Um, don't laugh where I went. We were, I, I wasn't a bikini. I'm not a bikini honeymooner. And we went off and we're all in these all-in-one snowsuits, matching colours, all blue. And there was like 30 of us all meeting up to go on a husky dog sled ride in you know, the Northern Lights. And I didn't, I went and put my arms around a guy. I was, I was thinking, because it was my honeymoon. I put my arms around the guy and snuggled up to him in the cold and then realised that it was just the same blue suit and that wasn't my husband. He was a couple of months down. <laughs> now that's what you said. <laughs> oh, you know, I think this is a big problem. He's basically rumbled an affair, hasn't he? Yes, he's rumbled an affair. That's basically what's happened. He might have done. He might not have done. He might have been a slip of the tongue. It, well, that's <laughs> the problem. That's, just, that's, the, that's the issue here, Dave. I think... Oh, mercy me. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, he is in trouble. I think that basically, uh, as you say, he's rumbled an affair, whatever affair that is, however fair, however it's gone. She's having a relationship with somebody on the on the on the on the side at work, not when we're at work. Don't kiss me when I'm at work, you know. So, it, yeah, I think they're in the shit. Yeah, I also think she's with the wrong man. Yeah, but just because you stop at the garage and get like four quid on a box of flowers doesn't make you a lovely man, does it, or woman? Four quid, you know. That's a lot. Four quid. <laughs> oh, not not where I live. Oh, isn't it? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised you said that, Jeezy? Oi! <laughs> Enough of that. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. yes. Now, um, advice, please, for uh, Bernard. Uh, advice, Uncle Dave. Oh, Bernard, just give her the benefit of the doubt. It was a, you know, she's made a mistake. Do you know what I mean? Life's too short. Get on with it if you get on or have it out with her. If she says she's having an affair, she's having an affair and you have to deal with it. If she just says, no, I haven't, accept that and move on. Very good. Uncle Si? Binner. <laughs> Slightly harsh. Uh, Postash. <laughs> Your advice, please. Talk to each other. Work it out. Yeah. Very good. Very sensible advice. Now, it's time uh, for help with Mr. Floppy. This is Confidential Ooh. Corner number two. And I need a lady's name for this. Uh, just one lady's name. Uh, Poshtash, perhaps you can supply that for us, please. Thank you. Alice. Alice has written, Dear Uncle Sai and Uncle Dave, please help. Our baby son is seven months old, and I really want to resume full, loving relationships with my husband, which have been a bit lacklustre, shall we say, since our little chap was born. Our son sleeps pretty well, and we both have plenty of opportunity, but my husband insists on having the baby monitor on all the time in whichever room we are. I know this is a good and safe thing to do, but any time we start to get frisky, my son will roll over or make a noise, and the damn thing is so sensitive and loud that it stops my hubby in his tracks. I suggested we turn it down to allow us to get a bit more amorous. After all, the baby's only in a room at the end of the hall, but hubby won't hear of it. One night this week, we were really close to completion and I was having a lovely time when just at the point I was getting all those lovely tingly sort of 
feelings. My son gave half a grizzle and hubby was instantly unable to complete the task, so to speak. I was so frustrated, I just got out of bed and went in my son's room to see whether he was okay, which he was. I forgot myself, however, and said something along the lines of, Yes, darling, you've fallen asleep, haven't you? Just like daddy's willy. (laughs) Of course, that bloody baby monitor picked this up and transmitted it straight into my (laughs) husband's ears. I need a solution. Please help. Alice, over to you. Little pass wants wants it's a toddler. It's like (laughs) that for me at the minute. We've got this new dog, haven't we? Teddy the puppy. Oh, Teddy. You know? One whimper and that's it. I've lost the interest. <laughs> a little bit guilty to that conversation when I had kids and monitors and, you know, wake up, the kids, what do they hear? Wake up. Now you've got teenagers. They stay up later than you. They get up early in the morning. They know what you might be up to. It's far harder to do it when you've got teenagers who know what might be happening. A baby asleep that turns over, for God's sake, ignore it. Get on with this. I mean, blanket. I wish I'd done more. Wait, you, you know what I do? Turn the bloody baby monitor off and open yeah. the doors so you can hear. If she's, if the baby's really distressed, you're at seven months, the baby will be fine. Get on with it. Get down to the jiggy jiggy because if you don't, it's not going to be long before you're down that horrible agony uncle spiral where it ends up in a big pile of poo. Oh. So get on with it. Did, did you have a baby monitor when your, your lads were... Babies. Did one Nelly? Yeah, no, exactly. I just... I just... Wait, I don't think comes with a string between one and the other. But <laughs> when I heard a who, I put the can up to me ear and went, you shut up there, lad. We <laughs> We're never had any issue. I mean, like, there was two... The bedroom... Wait, you know what there was like in Holly Avenue, bro? It was like, you could hear everything. And anyway, couldn't afford one. It was like one of those newfangled things that you went past in Mother Care going... Look at them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at them. Beyond my time now as well, when I, my biggest one was small. The monitors were around, but they were just basic. And yeah. They didn't have much reach. So you only had them in the bedroom to your bedroom. You couldn't carry them around the whole house to have them if you're, you know, if you're having a jiggy jiggy Why? in the kitchen, you wouldn't have the monitor there, let's say. But, you know, nowadays you have the videos and you can have the heat sensors and they can go to your Apple Watch. And, oh, my God, the children oh, control your life. Oh. That's crazy. Yeah, sod that. I, honestly, if that was the case, I, I, I couldn't be a, a new parent now. I, I, I would be like, right, you've got ears, you have instinct, it'll be fine. And if it's not fair, yeah, I get it. You know, first four months, if you're a new parent and everything's a bit... I mean, my my eldest son, Alex and Lauren, they've just had a, a baby. But, you know, and for the first five, six months, of course you're a bit worried because it's, it's a new entity in your life and all that. So they did have a baby monitor. But, like, progressively, they've just kind of gone, well, we can kind of hear her. And there's no escaping when Ada's on one, she's, you can definitely hear her. She's got, she's got <laughs> lungs like Pavarotti. So it's, um, so, you know, all well, of so that. Some ways Alice is lucky, isn't she? He sounds like a really sensitive man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? There's that side of him that's trying to, he's, he's trying to be loving. And on the other hand, he's had somewhere else with caring for his child. Very true. So there is something rather lovely about it, really. I've got it. Does he have warm milk? Like, not the, the, the baby, uh, uh, you know, your fella. Because if you do, crush up a Viagra and then it doesn't matter what happens. He'll, and Mickey <laughs> Finney's... Don't get the milk, missed up. You don't Mi- want to yeah. mix the milk. 
don't, don't, don't mix the milk. No, don't mix the milk up. Oh, God. That'd Just to point out the voice of reason here, the hairy bikers do not advocate spiking anybody with any no. materials whatsoever. No. Oh, well done. Management should have oh. said that. Very good. Very good. I know, Naughty Simon. In the privacy of your own house. I mean, you know, if he's not, you know, it's not like, you know, he's going to not know what's happened. It's like... funny though, isn't it, when you get interrupted, when you're in throes of passion. It's a very delicate thing. I got a friend, friends, I'm funny, I've talked about, they, they, they've got this big rescue greyhound. They know who they are, I hope they're not listening to this. Anyway, they, they were at oh. it. And, um, and she was... She was groaning in like that ecstatic kind of way. Anyway, the greyhound thought she was being attacked, so she jumped up and bit him on the ass. <laughs> now, that put an end to that. So, I've got a confession to make. When Jane and I first got together, right, and we were literally saying, we had, Jane had this, uh, this wirehaired terrier called Scrap, right? And it was a little bastard. And he'd just like, Gah! and he'd nip at you. So, any time I moved, it was like, uh, I was like, Jane, can we get rid of the dog? She's going, I can't, man. Because then my grandma and granddad will know that, well, you know. And I'm going like, right. So anyway, for the first six months of Jane and I's relationship, I, nothing happened. Because Scrap was there. Scrap was there going. <laughs> and you know what I used to do when we managed to used to sleep together? The bloody little shitty thing used to get up onto the bed and lie in between the two of us. <laughs> Any movement. <laughs> well, fuck, I'd strangle you, you... <laughs> and then what happened? That. As soon as Scrap got out of the bed, you got her pregnant, didn't you? <laughs> yes, Alex. <laughs> You're in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> Alex happened. No house, no job, nowhere to live, but a baby. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and the media mogul known as Simon King had to get a job on Gateshead High Street laying paving stones. Yes, so you see, Scrap was protecting you from yourself, Simon. Yes, yes. I still hated the bloody thing. <laughs> it was kind of funny, that, though. Scrap the dog. Forgot about that nippy little shit. <laughs> um, Tash, any uh, interruptions? I'm not oversharing on that one, but I have to say, with my youngest, and he still tiptoes past in the morning, the little footsteps go straight past the door, and there's a moment always of going, is it going to go past the door or come in? There's always the footsteps that go... And if they slow down, there's a panic... Yeah. <laughs> if, if your, your life's, life's in a mess, mess then the email address is theagonyuncles at theherrybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening and for contacting the show. It's always great to hear from you, and we look forward to the emails so that we can help you. Yes, yeah, send them in for your questions, your problems to agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk. That is agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk We love to try and assist you with our not very great advice. Well, remember to follow this podcast so that the new one, it'll just pop up every Friday morning in your inbox. Yes. Boom! Like that. I like that. Do that again. You're always good at making noises. You go on, do that again. It'll pop into your inbox. Boom! Oh, nice. Every Friday morning. We should sample that and flog it. <laughs> Say goodbye, Posh Tash. Goodbye. And white th- Duke. Yes. Goodbye. And, uh, and it's goodbye from us and have a safe week. Yeah, bye-bye. See you bye. next week. See you next week.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.